Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5-1280 The Zone. Happy Monday. Thank you very much for making us part of it. What's happening over there, Gordo? How you doing? Doing well. I just had to turn the sound down because uh, whoever was sitting here before me must be deep. I think that was hands. Yeah. And every uh, every pair of headphones uh, is a little different. But anyway, I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Jake? I'm fine. Fine. It was nice to have uh, the weekend with no jazz game. That was pretty terrific. <laughs> see, now our listeners don't get that, Jake. They, they say, what do you mean? I wanted to see jazz play. No, you, you just don't. In the During the NBA schedule, you don't usually get two nights in a row off, let alone two nights in a row that fall over the weekend. So it's somewhat unique. So it was nice. I uh, got a chance to, I went to the aquarium with my daughter, for example, and I traveled north to Kaysville, I believe is how the locals uh, pronounce it, uh, to the Hope Box Theater to take in uh, uh, a rousing rendition of Guys and Dolls. Well, as you know, you saw me. I was there as well. So, yep. And yeah. Lloyd and Jessica and Hans and Rock. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, it was fun. Yeah, we had a good time. Enjoyed it. Immensely. I was there, too. We knew a guy in the uh, cast. Austin yeah. was there, too, but only, you know, I barely noticed him. Austin played Nathan Detroit. I had never seen Guys and Dolls, and uh, it was fun. What a great production. It's a fun show, huh? Yeah. yeah you guys I, did a terrific job. I'd never seen it either. Didn't know what to expect. And I didn't realize that Austin's part was like the starring role. Yeah, Nathan Detroit. The Sinatra once played it, right? Yeah, in the movie version, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nathan Lane won a Tony doing it on Broadway in the early nineties, yeah. Well it was it was it was a good time. It was it was a good time. A lot of work went into that, Austin, and for a great cause as well. Was... I'm very grateful for to all you guys that came. it's so nice for you guys to come up and support that theater and support Margot, who you got to see yep. receive uh, her gifts at the end of the show. So I talked to it her was brother fun. afterward. Uh it was you know, I mean, it's funny because it's it's a win win because we we won for going there for being entertained you know for having a terrific evening, and obviously for the good cause like we talked about, and you know, I think Austin was right up there at the top of stealing the show. Yeah, Austin was great, and you know the the mustache really helped. I, it it I, really did, and I, now I, it's gone. Well, the whole time I was watching, I was thinking, okay, it was worth it. It was worth it. But is the beard coming back now? Yeah, you can see I buzzed the, the mustache yes. off all the way, and I've already got some stubble growing here. Okay. Give me 10 days. We'll yeah, be back be to there. normal. Yeah. 
All right. Well, it was true. But it had magical powers, that mustache. It helped me transport to New York, 1938. Yeah. And New the York. accent and everything. I mean, it was good. Thanks. I, I, I couldn't remember if you had told me or not. I didn't realize it until my wife recognized him that uh, the weather guy. Uh, played uh, Sky Masterson, is that uh, right? Damon Yanni, yeah, played yeah. Sky Masterson, and he, he tore his MCL three days before we opened. Is I thought the the limp was part of the character. Nope. No, that his leg is ankle to waist casted right now, so. and he's still kind of danced. Yep, he's he's a baller. Wow. He is a baller. Yep. Wow. My wife said to me, uh, who is that guy? He looks familiar. And I said, I don't know. I didn't know it. You're like, oh, he's Austin. I work with him. Yeah. He's got uh, he's got that good, deep voice. and uh, But Austin played his part terrifically. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was fun. It was and no one cried, right? What do you mean no one cried? Well, I giggled. I laughed. I cried, you know. I couldn't stop laughing every time Austin came out on the stage. Even though there was, he wasn't being comical. It just put a smile on my face. Seeing him, you know, the the regular Renaissance man up there, uh, uh, the artiste doing his work and singing and dancing, and yeah, it was it was fun. How'd you get stuck in the back row, and how come I was in the front row? I think it's because I purchased tickets the normal way. <laughs> You would not believe how many and hoops had to be jumped through on Saturday just for my people to really? be at the show. Yeah, I couldn't. Believe, I thought I was going stuck over the corners. Of course, it's not a bad seat in the house. But poor, uh, poor Derek that runs the ticketing there, and he's the producer. He's a big fan of the station, so he did. He did everything he could to help us out. But man, yeah. Yeah, well, we it had, was an all-consuming day for him. We had primo seats, and it was uh, a lot of fun all the way around. So, how does that make you feel that you were a, a burden to get those primo seats? I haven't really given it much thought. No? No, I know. In fact, I was saying, and did you notice how the ladies in the on the stage were looking at me? You know, I was I was flattered. Rock, I was sitting next to Rock and Hans and my and Lisa on the on the left side, and the ladies on in certain, you know, uh scenes were looking at people in the audience and they kept looking at me. I, I was flattered. It's almost as if they knew where you were sitting. Or they say, was that the guy who was such a pain in the butt? That was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt like I was part of the cast. I was right on top of the stage, and they would come down into the into the uh, the, the audience, and it was it was terrific. I've been to shows in Vegas that were theaters uh, probably smaller than that. I I th- it was intimate, but it was real. I'd never been to the Hope Box. Did you? No. Austin, you should keep doing that. I'm hoping it? to, yeah. I'm yeah. hoping to. I'll, I'll bug you and steal some more airtime from us next time show I do it. Next show I do. So. It, yeah, but uh, it was fun. Yeah, it sure was. I was glad we were all there. It was fun to be there together. I, I was glad I, I wasn't a burden on <laughs> my my friends well, and, the, yeah, and the whole operation. I was pretty happy about that, actually. I didn't ask to be a burden. It's just that my wife and I, 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 I we purchased the last two tickets, I think, in the theater, right, Austin? And so, but they weren't together, and so they were working to get us so that we could enjoy the show together. Why didn't you sit in the ticket in the seats you purchased? Be, because, well, the tickets are all the same price, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got what I paid for. What do you mean? What kind of deflection is that? 
It would have been odd for Lisa to be stage left and Gordon to be completely stage right. But those were the tickets they bought. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you finagle that then? I didn't. Derek's a big fan of yours, so he did it. Oh, Derek, thank you. I appreciate it. Hmm. Yeah. I well. told him to find Lisa a nice spot and let you just sit wherever was <laughs> left. Along. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It Austin. was. Salute to you, my friend. That was... That was uh, it was inspiring in a lot of ways, and uh, being there the last night and seeing the tribute paid, it was it was just wonderful. It really was. Well, thanks for being there, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good job, Austin. Talented dude, our our producer, Nathan Detroit. Should we just call it, start calling Austin Nate? We could or Detroit, Detroit. <laughs> Is that how you really say it? I don't know. You speak French. Is that the way it's said? Detroit. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I like the little subtle humor that was slipped in there, too, with various uh, statements that were made that were kind of fun. And it was, yeah, it was fun. Anyway, I met some of the cast members afterwards, and they were all fun to talk with. Well, there you go. Big celebrities in the cast, too. I mean, we're talking about Austin and, and the weather guy. His name's Damon. It's not the da- weather Damon. guy. <laughs> Damon Yanni. Damon. He's an amazing Damon guy. Damon Yanni. He, he has, uh, I think, five years running now, been voted sexiest newscaster in, in Utah. So Really? Yeah. And he's the biggest dork in the world, so it makes no sense to any of us. Uh, are, are we surprised that there isn't a sexiest uh, sports columnist? <laughs> Award. <laughs> uh, you know, I you know how I feel about that sort of thing. What? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. You Confidence don't, is very sexy. Don't think you could beat out Dick Carmen, huh? <laughs> Gordon doesn't care for awards, Jake. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Think Jody Genesee's got you beat? Uh, I I is he a columnist? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, whatever. Whatever's fine. I mean, I mean, Brad Rock would have run away with the category oh, wow. when he was, you know. Brad, Brad was uh, everybody's treasure. Certainly the, the sexiest sports columnist. <laughs> There's no, uh, no doubt about it. How about sexiest? I'm going to kill. Brad Rock. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, is there a sexiest producer? Hmm? If not, there should be. Outside of our boy hatch? Oh, I, yeah, I was thinking Brian Brown. <laughs> Brian Brown? Who on staff didn't go to the show? We should shame them. Oh, okay, yeah. That's a, that's that's in the spirit of the of the show we just did. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just kidding over here. I'll take everything so seriously. Starting fires? For... No, not at all. Hmm. All right, well, we have a lot to do today. We'll talk uh, jazz basketball. Because the show's only on for an hour before we give way to jazz basketball. Hey, Austin, I want to show you something. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Gordon is obsessed okay. with shoes these days and got Does a new pair. Does it still have a tag on it? Is there, is there a tag ones? on there? There's a tag on it. I know. That's the cool. That's the thing that cool kids do. To leave the tag to on it? The... Not, it's not a tag. It's a, I haven't. They're brand new, so I haven't taken everything off. But I, Wait, why are you leaving the tag on? Because my my daughter told me that was a cool thing to do. So I did what she said. To leave the tag on? Yeah. It's not the tag. It's not a tag. It's, it's a tag. Whatever. 
I like them though. They're, they're nice. Huh? They're they're, uh, they're unique. I got those as a gift. They look they look like all the re- the rest of the factory. They had pieced uh, all the shoes together that were all red, all green, and then they had a bunch of leftover <laughs> colors, and they just pieced the shoe together with all the you know, nineteen you know, colors. You know, you know what it really is? It's they're J ones, but they were they're named. Uh, they have another name named after some artist who designed who you're the, really passionate about who designed the colors <laughs> on it i was just informed this because they were given to me as a gift i would not have known that but these are special shoes well you do my know- shoe game really has come on strong lately and i get comments all the time you know what we do know about those shoes why they're not used because no. they still have the tag on <laughs> And they're going to be there, returned. Is there anybody? No, they're not. Anybody out there uh, who know? Anybody who knows about this sort of thing? Is it cool to leave? It's not a tag. It doesn't have the price on it or anything. But it's a uh, a cool little addendum there. Is that is that okay to keep that on there? Because my daughter said to go ahead and keep it on. But I actually the reason it's on is because I didn't. I did. I was in a hurry and I didn't have time to take it off. See now, I, I I'm sure your daughter knows what she's talking about. She's far hipper than both she's of us. She's very stylish. Uh, she is. However, I don't think anybody's bumping into you on the street and going, "Oh man, that guy is cool." <laughs> <laughs> did you see the you tag that, on his you, shoes? You think that ship sailed a long time ago? Did you? I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen either way. That's all. I'm right there with you, buddy, and I'm significantly younger than you. So so I'm even more out of touch. So many people, thanks to you and Austin, have paid attention to what I wear lately that I'm starting to feel like uh, a fashionista, you know? Well, you shouldn't. Hey, I'm telling you right now, these shoes, Austin, you take a picture of these shoes and tweet it out, and I'm going to be absolutely swamped with compliments. Yeah. You need that reinforcement, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't want awards. No. Uh, just compliment stuff. him on the tag on his shoes. He's and goofing he's around gonna here be on right. the show, man. All right. Uh, let's talk a little jazz basketball here. Also, I want to have a conversation with you about the Pac-12 in our uh, short time together today. Okie dokie. Uh, let's get to the split story. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. That's how we want to play. We had more deflections than we've had in a while. The activity in that respect. And we have to be a determined team. You know, whether it's offensively, you know, playing through contact, defensively, having a presence and, and not letting people feel comfortable being aggressive. And, you know, I thought our, our team took some pride in that. And that's, you know, one of the things we've been talking about. And, you know, I thought we were committed to the defensive end. All right, Gordo, tonight the Jazz are in Cleveland to take on the mighty Cavaliers. Uh, they did get up off the mat on, on uh, Friday night. When they beat the Washington Wizards, which was an interesting game we can get into. But uh, I think <clears throat> the Jazz, I think we're seeing signs that this team is, is starting to play better, which is good. Because it got pretty low there for yeah, a minute. It did. it did. That win was not particularly impressive from a standpoint of who they were beating or anything like that. But you're right. You take baby steps at this point. And they did play better and uh, seemed more energetic. 
there's been a lot of talk about the Jazz about them needing to, eh, for lack of a better way of saying it, to find an identity. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? What do you, what what do you think it is right now, and what do you think it should be? Hmm. Should it be about defense? Because I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. And you were on this before the season started, Jake. You saw the holes in the defense. Yeah, it was. It was always going well. It was never going to be as good as it was last year because that's not the personnel that they they have, and so it's going to fall off. The question was how much. But I I guess it gets down to who's who's the identity of the team. Is it Rudy or is it Donovan? Uh, okay. Who's more? Who is who's more important? Because Donovan is the centerpiece of the offense. He performs in the clutch. He's averaging uh, nearly twenty-five points per game. Uh, he's gotten more efficient this year. Um, I mean, that's that's where the offense starts is with Donovan Mitchell. And we can talk about Mike Conley and and Boyan Bogdanovich and their roles and those sorts of things. But there's no doubt it's Donovan who's the tip of the spear. And then defensively, which is where the Jazz identity has been since the Gordon Hayward has, years. Right. Well, I mean, since Quinn got here, it seems like. Right? So that's that's Rudy. There's no doubt that's Rudy. So I guess my question is, what should it be out of those two guys? And does it have to be one or the other? Yeah, uh, Let me give my opinion about what I think it should be. But the Jazz would have to alter what they do a little bit in order to create it. And that would be, okay, they're not the fastest team in the world on defense. I get that. But they can be more physical than they are. I agree. And I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, I don't like the whole idea, well, if you can't cover them, foul them. Like it's really tiresome to watch after a while. Uh, but I, I would like to see them a little tougher physically and mentally on the defensive side. So you're not going to be a great defense, but you can be a, a solid one. And then you turn your shooters loose at the other end and let that work in tandem. Because it feels like Rudy is too important to the defense in a weird way. That if Rudy is is kind of rendered ineffective, then they're they're toast. They're dead in the water. I mean, Rudy's that important to the way that they play defense. So that's... You mean by drawing him away from the basket? Right. You know, when you play a team like Houston or a team that plays five out, or even a team like Denver where Jokic will get the ball, you know, out at the top of the key, you know, or a three-point line extended. So, you know, it changes the way that Rudy plays. I mean, we've seen it for years, to be honest. Remember playing against Marc Gasol, against the pick and pop instead of the pick and roll? Yeah. And, And we've seen how the Jazz have struggled with this type. It's not new news, but it's almost like Rudy is too important to the defense that if you really make it too challenging for Rudy or put too much on his plate, uh, the defense is doomed. And I think that they've lost their, you know, for years under Quinn Snyder, it was you play hard on defense and you can take as many shots as you want. (laughs) Well, they have players who take a lot of shots who don't play hard on defense. So that's not, you (laughs) know, that's it's not really a part of their I don't know, foundation anymore. But, okay, take a player like Boyan Bogdanovich. How can he fit in to, or how can he contribute to a positive identity? Obviously, he can shoot it, but what can he do at the other end of the floor? He can play hard. That's that's what he needs to do. It's more like, I mean, like Jordan Clarkson's going to take a zillion shots, and he's not ever going to be a real hard defender. 
You know, these guys just need to they they need to give it a big time effort to set the tone. And I honestly, I think that starts with Donovan in a weird way considering this segment started talking about identities. You know, if Donovan were to turn into I mean, at least a hard defender that's going to go out there and and play hard and play physical like you're talking about to combine two conversations. He's uh, certainly strong enough to do that. You would think so. So I think that that would go a long way because then, you know, that leads to more accountability. But why Donovan isn't a really good defender at this point in his career, I don't know. It'd be something to mull over with the coaching staff. It almost looks like at times that the Jazz are better physically than they're being made to look because of their periodic confusion on defense. So they're in the wrong place. So it makes them look even more physically limited. Yeah, I mean, I I just go back to— Now, opponents might be doing that to them, like you were talking about, but it it seems like there would be a way to make that better. I mean, I go back to uh, what was the the loss before Houston? San Antonio, where they got rolled here at home against San Antonio, Mm -hmm. and Rudy basically called them soft. And he he did it more as a collective than calling out a teammate kind of way, if that yeah. makes any sense. Uh-huh. More we are. I mean, I think he was including himself was. in those uh, in those comments. But he was right on the money. I mean, the Spurs got to wherever they wanted to go on the floor. I mean, you talk to you, you talk to guys like Coach Chiesa talks about this. You know, a couple of feet off their spot, that makes a huge difference. If you make it hard for the opponent to get to where they want to go, it makes a big time well, difference. Well, we've seen teams do that to the Jazz. Right. Yeah, great point. And, and, you know, the old school Jerry Sloan Jazz used to be masters of that. You can get a player to catch the ball three, four feet, you know, further from the basket than they're used to. Well, you can you can really change the outcome of a play. And so, you know, they got to play. Somebody's got to set the tone outside of Rudy, and that's not an insult to Rudy. It's more that Rudy's almost too he's almost too much a part of it. He's got too much on his plate. He's propping up the whole defense. And yet, if you hear Mike Conley talk, he he was quoted as saying that he the Jazz are taught essentially to release players into the paint where Rudy is. Yeah, they've they've built the game plan around Rudy Gobert, and, and they should. But what happens when the other team draws up a good game plan? The Jazz lose. <laughs> well, they didn't, hey, to defend the Jazz, they didn't against Dallas. When Dallas played the, the, the whole five out on them, yeah. and Rudy was pretty darn effective in that game. So it's not like it's impossible. But Doncic was out for that game. Yeah, but I—I I mean, I guess that's the point, though. Is then you get a little fire, and need to go out there and and play. They need to play hard. Yeah, I, I like that, and I think the Jazz fans would like it because that's what they've always expected out of the players. They don't mind a guy getting beat now and again or missing a shot now and again, as long as they're diving on the floor for loose balls and playing as tough as they can. I just don't understand how it is that. The Jazz defenders at times have allowed on a primary on a primary guard assignment to just let them go right by you. I mean, I understand that I, I get it if they're saying that once guide them into the paint and let Rudy stop them from there. But no, you got to jam them a little more than that. And I understand there are things that occur like screens and other things that make it more difficult in that regard. But 
that's where the communication has to come in because if you're going to if, if someone if a man is picked then obviously you got to pick up his man and then the guy somebody else has to pick up the guy that he's primarily responsible for and that's where it gets crazy sometimes you see the jazz we talk about the jazz offense the blender well we see the jazz getting blended as well maybe a little differently than what the jazz typically like to do but it's happening can I go back to something you said just a, just a moment ago real quick? Um, because we were talking about playing hard and you talked about diving on the floor. So Mike Conley can't grow four inches next week. You know, he's going to be physically – he's going to be susceptible to being bullied by other players a little bit. It's going to happen. I mean, we've seen it. We're going to continue to see it. He's six feet tall and, you know, 105 pounds dripping wet. I mean, it just it's going to happen. <laughs> a little but, more than that. But if you heard the, the Quinn Snyder coach or the his postgame comments after the Wizards game when uh, it was right at the beginning, I don't know if it was his first comment or really his first comment about Mike Conley, but you know what play he brought up? First thing he was talking about. What? Where Mike Conley dove on the floor mm-hmm. and got that 50-50 ball. Uh, it, you know, he couldn't have been more complimentary, and that was the thing that, that he was excited about because here's a guy who, you know, who who wanted to win? He dove on the floor. He made a hustle play. He so, he he. The the buy-in factor in those types of plays is really really high. And so you, maybe you just answered the question, Jake. How about a hard-nosed hustle team? Isn't that what a high-character team can be? Yeah, and it's not what they are right now. Do you think that it can be what they are? I think so. Well, I think that's what Coach Snyder wants them to be. I don't think it's any coincidence that that's a play that stood out to him. Do you think players are hesitant to do that because they're afraid of injury? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I think uh, I think playing 82 games is hard, and sometimes yeah. it's hard to make the hard play. And diving on the ground for a 50-50 ball is a hard play. It beats you up a little bit. I mean, it takes a lot of effort. I mean, it's just... It's that little extra. You this know, is, it's doing more than you have to. Yeah, a great point. This is the, the challenge that you're at this point in the season where some guys are tired a little bit. But you're in the stretch run now. And so if you're going to adopt an identity, what a great one to have. And a great one for the Jazz to have from this point forward. And if you're going to be that, you can't just switch it on in the playoffs. The Jazz aren't good enough to do that. But if they can... Make it be that way from now until the end of the regular season. Not only will they preserve a better playoff position for themselves, uh, although it's starting to look tough as to whether they're going to be able to get home court in the first round, but if you if it becomes a habit, you can form this habit over the next month and a half. And then you're in good stead heading into the playoffs. That might be the key right there. Uh, why don't you call Quinn up and uh, yeah, we'll, let him know. We'll get right on it. I'm on it, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, I got an idea, Quinn, that you probably haven't thought of. <laughs> you should really get right on it. <laughs> he probably talks to him about this every day. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. I'm wondering during streaks like this, does confidence fluctuate to the individual level and then to the collective level as a team? I think it's forgotten that we are all still regular humans. We go through the same stuff other people do. We have good days, we have bad days, on and off court. Guys are going to lose confidence at times. I'm not saying that they're not confident enough to go out there and do their job, but it's going to be on a different level at different times. 
there is flows that you go through and from top to bottom every player needs to pick it up and it's on the players to play better and be locked in and do what we have to do and do our job obviously that at the end of the day is to win games and not just to play them oh yeah catch jazz man joe ingles with dj and pk every thursday morning at 9 a.m on 97 5 12 80 the zone and the zone sports network so put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Five and twelve eighty the zone band of the day today is extreme selected by me. I'll explain why here momentarily. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We essentially only have like one bumper song today, so we thought gotta go with a one hit wonder. Yeah, kind of. And the hilarious part about this song, I always thought, was if you compare this to the rest of Extreme's yeah. catalog, <laughs> indeed, it it is not. What you would if you just heard this song and then you're like, oh, I got to check out this band Extreme and then listen to the rest, it'd be like, wow, I can't believe those the same people. It is true. It is uh, a little ragged. Uh, is now I'm just gonna I'm putting myself at risk by asking this question, but I'm not familiar with 311's work. But that uh, amber is the uh, what's that color thing? of your energy? Yeah, isn't mm-hmm. that a little different than what they typically do? Ah, not that different. Not is it? really. No, it's no, not. Not That's really. their biggest hit, is it not? Yeah, it is. But yeah. I thought the rest of their that or down was probably was a pretty yeah, big hit. Yeah. All right. Uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, three eleven three. I w- it, it reminds it's me a of, little different. I guess. Do you know the the heavy metal band in the eighties, Firehouse? Uh. And their best hit was "Finally Found the Love of a Lifetime." That cheesy love song. <laughs> right. And every other one of their songs is just screaming metal. But then that one made them all their money, and they so then they could go on screaming, right? All right, so there you go. That's what's the message of that song, Jake? Uh, You were telling me during the break, Gordon. Why don't you explain it to everybody else? Well, it sure sounds to me like the the singer of the song is essentially saying, "Hey, don't bother with telling me that you love me. Just, just, uh, you know, show it." I, I, that's what no, it means I, to me. I really want to hear Thanks Gordon. For saving me. I want to hear Gordon complete this sentence. I don't. I like my job. Uh, that's yeah. Well, doesn't it sound like they're saying, "Hey, you know, you don't have to say you love me. Just, just, uh, you just, uh, but, but you know what? I'm just not surprised you picked up on that. Well, I mean, it's how can you not pick up on that? There's, you know, sometimes Actually, people... I had a woman who picked up on that for me. She said, because I said, I, I said, I, it's a friend of mine. I said, I like this song. And she pointed out to me that it was essentially saying, hey, baby, if you love me, you know, kaping kaping. Can we talk about Pac-12 here? 
Yes. Is that all right with you? Uh-huh. Is that all right if we move on from what Extreme was trying to communicate with that song? <laughs> Uh, yes, we can. We a story, we will. A story we've been kind of following, you know, of course, the Pac-12, what they do going forward, media negotiations. Uh, we talked about uh, Mike Bone, the um, the new athletic director there at USC, talking about how everything was on the table. He said that in an interview last week. Well, John Canzano has mm. written a column Good. for the Oregonian. Always enjoyed John's work. Uh, yeah, he and uh, he and the Hammer Wilner have have gone after the Pac-12 pretty good. And uh, he has written a, a column basically saying this is also something that should be true for the Oregon Ducks, that they should also have everything on the table, including maybe leaving the conference. And uh, he, he lays it all out in the column, but I thought this was a particularly scathing part. You ready for this? Okay. Uh, if he hasn't already, University of Oregon President Michael Schill may look around and wonder why the Ducks are stuck in a sad sack conference led by a commissioner who operates with his own self-interests. <laughs> uh, John has really gone Ouch. after Larry. He, he's been consistent in this regard. And I don't think anybody out there knows more about it than John does because he has studied this out big time. But the truth is, is it, it highlights, once again, the, the great flaw in, in a lot of these conferences, that equal distribution is not always uh, popular because the, the value of these universities is far from equal. And schools like USC and Oregon contribute m- more to the value of the conference than they're compensated yeah, it's, it's for. It's more than just that. I think what he's saying is, hey, you can't. it's much more difficult for you to get where you want to go and be what you want to be being associated with these schools and these programs that are this will sound funny to our listenership but they are challenged regionally geographically and folks around here say well, what are you talking about you know but it is relative to what uh, other conferences have going for them so so then it just that raises the question then Jake is it better to just ignore traditional uh traditional associations and just blow the whole thing up and let these teams just go wherever they want. No, I don't think that's better for college sports. I don't I think conferences ultimately are good for college sports. But, you know, if this arm twisting or if arm twisting occurs or continues, then, you know, would it be a shock if uh, if the Pac-12 did what the Big 12 does? And that's USC and Oregon would get more of the money. I mean, it's what the Mountain West has done with Boise State, right? I'm not sure that solves all their problems, though, because they're still stuck with a conference that is substandard to other, especially in football and to some degree in basketball, uh, than other conferences with which these major programs are competing. And so it's not just getting a bigger piece of the pie. It's having the perception that drags you down with it. I suppose, but you know is what? That, is that really true? No, Am because over, if, you, if is that overstating it? If USC and Oregon were good, like elite good, they would still get every opportunity on all the attention that they always have. So you think the rest of the conference would not hamper them if they were taking care of their business, like in the case of the Trojans hiring the right coach? 
Right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> back in the Pete Carroll days, the rest of the conference really wasn't that good then either. Yeah, but that was a little different back then. Why? That, that, well, because it was before the playoff and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, but when USC was undefeated, they were still getting more attention than anybody else out there. Yeah, and SC did not have, I mean, L.A. did not have an NFL team at that time, so the Trojans were kind of their team. I think it was more than that, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Hmm. So I, mean, I, I don't know. We'd have to consider that. But I think as things are right now, I get what John is saying. The leadership has been poor. Larry Scott has done, in my opinion, a, a crappy job leading that conference. I'm on the record as, with that, and I think anybody who really studies it out, has, it's difficult to come to any other conclusion. Well, I find Larry's behavior frustrating. Just because he doesn't seem to to care or or value other people's opinions all that much, like when when that whole speaking of Canzano when he started that fire around how much the conference is spending on certain things, like moving the the league offices from Walnut Creek to downtown San Francisco, yeah, to the most expensive part of the country. But uh, it was when they were the the college basketball tournament was that very next week, and Larry stayed in like the presidential suite at one of those hotels down there. I mean, and it's like, how out of touch are you? Yeah. I mean, at very least after this news, you need to at least kind of behave like you're trying to be responsible. <laughs> and I know, you know, people defended him by saying, oh, it was trade. It was part of the deal for having the tournament in Vegas. We'll, we'll give that room to somebody else. You stay at the at the Motel 6 up the way. Well, who else should get it, though? I don't know. Make it a reward for the best salesman wait, wait, or he salesperson is, he, he or whatever. Is the king. Wow. See, this is the decision you would make. This, <laughs> this is the, your is inner inner care. Larry Scott. I don't care about that. Sure, I, I'll take I'm, a private I'm, I'm, plane. I'm obviously kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, Larry Larry has had a you know a self awareness problem, and if, if it's worse than that, he doesn't have a self awareness problem, and he doesn't care. Well, I think his judgment is poor. I mean, having Woody Dixon's office right next to the replay booth is I mean, it's just terrible. Well, when when we I was part of a, a group of reporters that was asking him questions once, and he gets, it, people were asking him difficult questions, and he just kept saying, we're the Conference of Champions. It was like, hello, are you really there? Is this a public relations technique? It doesn't seem like it's a good one if it is. You know, address the problems head on and really get them solved. And it almost seemed like he was trying to ignore them. All right, we'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Locke joins us right now here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I think the homestand going one and four was unfortunate. The impact of the homestand is I really cannot write a script where we get home court advantage anymore. I know what, we're only two games back, but it's a big two games. So a little bit of what I feel right now is the Jazzards and Quinn kind of have a month and a half to get this thing right. You know, sure, there's still a chance. You're not going to tank games, but it's a month and a half to get this thing figured out and get it right. Because really, Really, at this point, you're probably starting on the road, and you want to be right on April 15th. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now, today is Monday, 
Don't call for the Chevy Strong play of the game, but we still need to get the read in there. Chevy Strong play of the game. Uh, DJ and PK usually announce it every morning at 8.50, and you remember it, and when we call for it, you can win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong play of the game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on uh, right here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, Gordon, before we make way for Jazz Game Night pregame show, did you see uh, Mike Trout hit that bomb out of, uh, out of Top Golf? I did, and my goodness. My goodness, where did that ball land? I, it, pretty amazing, really, because his, wow. his swing is not particularly good. He uh, crushed it. And yet, what he, a strong dude, man! I, I mean, what a what a beautiful. I, I, I don't know whether it was a, a classic golf swing, Jake, <laughs> but I had to watch it like five times. I'm just uh, glad that Austin is going to have to go through what Lloyd's been going through for years as a Giants fan and be a steroids denier. Uh, excuse me. You're not sullying the name. Well, of- I'm just seeing his, his off-season program is probably, you know, pretty pretty intense. Oh, what do you mean? He probably is uh, concentrating on eating nuts, fruits, and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And hitting he the- gets his shots and stays healthy. The, the finest... Supplements. He's into immunizations <laughs> that the black market can can supply. No, I have no idea if Mike Trout's on uh, performance enhancing drugs. I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Although it is kind of sad that in today's day and age we do think about those things. We do. <laughs> if he's doing steroids, he needs to do more. Because as great as he is, he's still not winning enough games for that team. Well, well, that's the beauty of baseball, right? You can't do it single-handedly. He deserves so much better than the Angels. Hmm. You see, our our pitching phenom has now got an elbow injury. That can't be good. That's been a problem for the Angels for quite some time, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what city they play in. That is a little confusing yeah, too. Isn't kind of it? weird. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's a long, 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 long story. They're trying to appeal to not just Orange County, but also the Los Angeles market. Well, didn't they have that covered when they were the California Angels? (laughs) They were first the L.A. Angels. At least they're in California. They are not in Los Angeles. They were the L.A. Angels. Then they became the California Angels. Then Disney bought them, and they became the Anaheim Angels, because where's Disneyland? Anaheim. Yeah, yeah. And now Artie Moreno owns them and wanted them to be back to the L.A. Angels. But the city of Anaheim has his <laughs> in a vice, and it has to have the name Anaheim in the name. And there you go. Well, that's dumb. Why does it have to have that? That seems kind of strange. Yeah. Everything turns political, doesn't it? Just, just California Angels. It worked. It worked. They're in California. And, and, you know, like, I, I get it that Real Salt Lake plays in Sandy and blah, blah, blah. But at least it's the Salt Lake Valley. It's the Salt Lake metro area. Anaheim's a different city. It's a different county. <laughs> oh, it's all one big city. Although Orange Countyites do like uh, to have their separation from L.A., you know. Down the 405 to the 319. (laughs) Wouldn't want to be associated with those folks up there. Me either. When's the last time you went to a beach, Jake? In L.A., it's been a while. Last time I went to a beach in L.A. was with PK, I think. To go to Manhattan? Uh, Sure. Mm -hmm. 
It was one of those. It's uh, it's very conveniently located to the airport. I see. Uh, Jazz Game Night pregame show kicks off next minute. Anderson will be here. Gordon. Boy, tough sledding today. It is, man. But on Wednesday, I'm going to be with you all afternoon and evening. Yeah, for the Jazz broadcast. That'll be a yeah. lot of fun. All right, uh, Ben jumps in. Coming up next, Jazz Game Night right here on 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do, Peggy. That'll do.